the Sermon on the Mount series to discuss Serve Sundays. Uh, we do this every summer, and we're going to be talking about uh, Serve Sundays and how you can connect with uh, the church through serving. Actually, I think Tori wrote a great summary. Serve Sundays is all about getting you connected and functioning as the body of Christ for Sunday morning services. It takes every one of you to make church happen. And, uh, and we'll pick up again in August with the Sermon on the Mount and continue going through that verse by verse. We just really need to step back and, and take a look at, at what church is. And that's why I decided to... Um, Got to get my clicker here. <laughs> Start. Click, 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 click. The series on serving is asking the question, what is a church? Uh, and I don't know what's going on. With the, what, there we go. <clears throat> what is a video projector? <laughs> Everyone has ideas about what church should be. And, and just as we were worshiping this morning, I was, I was thinking about how we do church. And we really strive intentionally to make church not glitzy, not a performance, something where you can come and feel like you're just as much a part of the worship and what's going on at church as the people on the stage. And this is not to speak down or critically about churches who use a different style, which have, which, I mean, I know several pastors who spent more money on their stage lighting than we have on our 20 acres and our entire building and everything that we have, just on their stage light. Right? And, uh, you know, the first estimate we had for sta- the guy, when we wanted to add some stage light, the guy said, well, it's $30,000 to start with. So that's before you, you do anything. I'm like, what do you mean? So that's just the beginning. And we start with it. I'm like, okay, great. And I, I learned as much as I could from him. And then I called another guy. And we ended up getting everything for about $3,000. What we have. <clears throat> so, which I love. I'd love to have $30,000 with the lights. And that would be fun. And we could do fun things. But it doesn't change anything about what church is. Uh, and, and what Jesus has been doing. And so what is a church is, is what we're looking at. Is it a business? Uh, is it a club? These are different things that we're familiar with. And you ask yourself, is, is this what a church is? Uh, is it a, a spiritual restaurant? And I actually think that this is what most people functionally, how most Christians actually interact with church, is that they come to get a spiritual meal and they give a tip, they pay for the meal. Uh, and, um, you know, it's kind of like, if they like it, it was great. If they didn't like it, they complain about it. <laughs> uh, and it's just kind of like something you can come for for once a week uh, dinner out. Uh, and uh, other people, as, as a school, you think of it like something where you bring your kids to learn or you, you yourself come and learn. Um, is a hospital, clinic, you come because you're in, you're in trouble and or there's problems. And this is often why people come to a church is that they're having difficulty in their life and so they try God. And that's an appropriate response. That's a good thing to happen. And church, uh, John or not, who's the head of our international association, says churches should have a hospital, but they shouldn't be a hospital. 
you know, uh, you know we are essentially an army. And one, and in the comparison that he was making, and armies have mass units, they have hospitals, they they have a system within their structure to heal those who are wounded or sick. But that's not their primary purpose. Who wants to join and go to a hospital for the rest of their life? You know, nobody likes being in a hospital, and so a hospital is not really uh, what church is. They're a theater. You come and receive. You know, you come and you're a spectator. Well, all of these things. Uh, Church has aspects of all of these uh, familiar places. There really is. A church is a business. I, we pay taxes, not uh, some taxes, but we pay a lot of other taxes, and payroll, and we have to deal with accountants, and uh, all that kind of stuff. There's a business aspect of church. We are a club in that sense. So, so we have aspects from all of us, but fundamentally, we are different. And so we want to ask yourself, and, and if we don't have a right understanding of what the church is supposed to be and how we're supposed to be connected to it, then, then serving doesn't make any sense. It just becomes an obligation. So it has to begin with an understanding of what is church and how we fit in. And that's when we understand why we, why we serve and why we volunteer, why we connect. So the Scripture that we're going to look at beginning with is 1 Corinthians 12:12, 12, 12. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation and then from the message. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Good illustration. The Bible, Jesus, God in the New Testament chose a particular uh, metaphor or analogy for His church. And that is a body. And all throughout Scripture, church is discussed as church is described as a body. Well, I love the message's explanation of this so much that that's just going to be my this part of the sermon. We're going to read through because I think uh, Peterson does a great job in expanding that idea. And so let's just—it's a longer portion, but just. Read through it. It's, it's better than anything I could say on it. <laughs> All right? So the message talks about this same passage and, and the following verses this way. You can, again, this is Paul describing to a church in the city of Corinth about what they are. This addresses, this passage addresses um, both the universal aspect of church, in other words, being part of all of Christianity, the church general, the, the, the universal church, like we say in, in the creed. So the, in one sense, it applies to every church and just being a Christian, but it also applies to the local congregation. And one really good way to understand this <clears throat> is say you were, <clears throat> you were somewhere and you met someone and this big guy and uh, you could tell he was athletic and you go, wow, man, he's a pretty big guy. You play football? He says, yeah. I play football. I'm on the NFL. I actually play in the NFL. You're like, wow, really? The NFL? Yeah, I've been playing in the NFL for years. Oh, yeah. What team? Oh, I, I don't play in a team. Oh, you don't play in a team? Where do you actually? Oh, you know, just wherever I am. I play wherever I am because I'm just part of the NFL. That's right. I'm a, what, what position? I'm a quarterback. I, I make the decisions. I make the calls. Really? So, so who do you actually play on? Well, wh- whoever's there. So are you? Who's your coach? I don't. I don't have a coach. <laughs> you know, just just part of the part of the NFL. 
<clears throat> what would you think? You know, pretty quickly you catch on that this guy is what? Yeah, just a little. Just like, right. That's right. You're part of the NFL. Great. So he wants to be part of the big, the NFL, National Football League. But he doesn't want to be part of a team and actually show up for practice and actually have teammates and have to be in the locker room and they snap you with the towel. <laughs> All right. He just wants the glamour of telling me I play with the NFL now. Maybe he tried out when he was in college. <laughs> uh, so in a similar way, this applies to both being part of the universal church and that we are part of the universal church, but you can't really be part of the universal church unless you're part of a local congregation any more than you can be part of the NFL if you're not actually on an NFL team. All right, so it applies to both. <clears throat> you can easily see enough, you can, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of His one Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which He has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action, in action when we were baptized. That's really what happened when you were baptized. Clicker, stop working. Sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it's... Uh, oh. Start over. I can just jump ahead. <clears throat> I have to figure out why that happened. It's not clicking. All right. If I, I, I already read that part, right? Okay. Okay. Each of us, thank you. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, we, uh, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all of this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a, a single part blown up into something huge. It's all different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot says, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? No. If ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive. I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? No. <clears throat> if the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where He wanted it. 
But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. So there's a balance there. Uh, For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. No matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are a part of. It's in being a part of a body that makes you important. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. Look at that. A giant hand. What we have is one body with many parts. Each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out? As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. How can you live without, uh, you can live without an eye for for instance, but not without a stomach, all right? When it's a part of your own body you are concerned uh, with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You, can, you give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparison. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to the full-bodied hair? All right. Interesting comparison. (laughs) The point is, and this is the main verse, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. That's the point. All right? That's the point. And it goes, the uh, Scripture uh, reinforces this in many, many different places. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. You are Christ's body. Uh, It's interesting that we celebrated the Lord's Supper and, and the body and blood today. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything? So your part comes, comes into its fullest significance when you see yourself connected to the whole body. Uh, another verse that... Oh, now we're going to play the illustration. Hopefully that works. I have a little video illustration I whipped up. No, it means I downloaded it. 20 bucks. Thanks.
All right, so another verse in the New Testament that has the same, uses the same Im- image to describe this, and Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. Uh, he says, Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Again, saying that the church is his body, Christ's body. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Oh, jeez. Bless this clicker. It's just not working. It works almost every Sunday and then every now and then. Huh? This is a perfect example. The entire body is suffering because you, you are not working. All right. Paul's writing church in Ephesus. It, this is a large church. People don't, a lot of people don't understand. Uh, many of the churches in the New Testament era were very large. The church in Ephesus, actually, they estimate was at least up to 30,000. So different estimates, between 20 and 40,000. <clears throat> Pastored by Timothy that Paul wrote uh, the letter to, of Timothy to. It doesn't matter what size the church is, though, because there's many things that are constant, the same. Kathy and I, just a few months ago, we went down and visited a church in Kentucky. They had all of 12 people. I mean, that was their Sunday service. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, 12 showed up. Guess what one of their biggest, the biggest challenge that they were facing at that time? Children's ministry. What to do with kids? Who's going to take care of the kids? We're a church of over 250. Guess what our biggest challenge is? Children's ministry. How can we make it better? How can we get enough people to, to, to serve in that area so the kids have a great experience and so parents can come and receive edification and, and, and know their kids are safe and, and also be able to get something from, from the Lord? Uh, a few years ago, I was at a mega church, over 12,000 people, and it blew me away when the pastor got up and before a sermon did this special plea for children's workers. He actually said, would you stop and look around and see how many people are in this room? He said, do you think we could find enough? He was a little frustrated, I could tell. <laughs> but I knew exactly how he felt. All right? I have friends who pastor churches that are thousands in this city as well as in other cities. And I have friends who pastor churches that are you know, 15 and 20. I have friends, pastors of every kind of church you can imagine, liturgical churches to... You know, denominational churches, churches like ours, all kinds of churches. <clears throat> and when we get together, especially in this area of size, um, uh, the only real difference between our churches is where the decimal point is. You know, uh, uh, you know a church of 2,000, a church of 200, it's, it's a scale. It's all this, the same exact issues, the same challenges. And, you know, why is this? Well, it's, be, it's because we're all churches. That's what church is. That's just how church functions and i actually love that i'm i'm in the place where i love that the aspect of constantly needing to figure out how to find people to help in children's ministry is an aspect of church i don't hate because i know that that's just part of what it means to have a church and 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 that's what i'm called to do and so it's a it's a part of the challenge of growing a healthy 
healthy body and and how do we find the finances to 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 to, to fix the steps <laughs> to to pay the lighting bill to buy more chairs all of that kind of stuff uh is is just an aspect of church life <clears throat> and i i think it's amazing this verse that we just read uh, uh, gives us the answer to every one of these challenges. It really does. You need to believe this, so folks. The answer is not in some book or technique or strategy. The answer is not if we just do something a little differently, everything's going to work. No, the answer is in the, in the verse. Whether the challenge is financial, or the challenge is children's workers, seeing more salvations, raising up leaders, being active in the community, whatever challenge, whatever sticking point that a church has, the solution to that sticking point, to get past that, is found in, 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 ver, in Ephesians 4, uh, 4, 15 and 16. And verse 15 again, it says, Instead, we speak the truth and love, growing uh, in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. So the, the idea of speaking the truth in love is that we don't compromise the truth. You know, the answer to the issues that, that face the church is not to compromise the truth. It's not to say, well, we just can't really say those things because there's just a little too in your face. We need to tone it down a little bit. No, that's not the answer. In fact, people are dying. They're starving. They're looking for someone that has an answer and can say it with confidence. And say, no, this is actually true. And it'll change your life. Church works. Okay, church really, it's been working for thousands of years in every culture uh, amidst every challenge. And you know what? Church is working in the U.S. too. Uh, more people are getting saved now than in any time in world history. And it's happening through local congregations that are meeting just like you. And relationships are being uh, 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 developed. Discipleship happens. All of that happens because it was Jesus' idea. It's not, it's not our idea. So we speak the truth in love, <clears throat> growing in every way. That's the goal. That's a good goal. That's, that's the godly goal. That's the biblical goal is to grow in every way. <clears throat> and then it says uh, specifically it defines that more like Christ. So maturity or growing spiritually is, is defined for us. It's becoming more Christ-like. We don't have to try to think up what it means to, to grow as a Christian. Jesus gives us, the Bible gives us a very clear uh, explanation of what that means. And in verse 16, it says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And I like it from the New King James because I've just read it for so many years. So from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. See, how you are joined to the church, how you are connected to the other people in this room and the other people that come to second service and all... How you are connected, the Bible tells us it's by what you supply according to the effective working by which every part does its share. So it's what you give, what you bring to the table, and how you work together. That's how you are connected. That's where relationships are formed. That's where spiritual nurturing happens. Um, and and, and you, churches set up programs that can facilitate that happening, but it only happens if, you, you know, all of those things are just opportunities to get people to connect so it just happens organically. Does that make sense? Okay, so whether it's life groups or, or different things that we do, even Sunday morning, we get you all together so you can hear the same talk so that 
hopefully you'll talk about it and, and it'll grow in, in your relationship and connecting one another. You're not just an isolated individual coming to hear information that you can go out and use in your life. If that's all that was, then, then we're, we could just be a secular self-help group. All right? It's more than that. You're interconnected. Um, <clears throat> and all of that, again, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So think about injury and disease in the natural body. Um, uh, that happens when parts aren't joined or knit together properly. I'd like to demonstrate that. Bill, can, can I break your arm, please? <laughs> you ever have a joint out of place? <clears throat> you know, or, or if the part isn't effectively working or doing its share, that, that's called injury or, or, or disease. And the result is pain. How many have been in pain? Because if one of our parts are not in the right place, or one of our organs is not doing the right thing, you know, I had I had I had a little a little artery in my vein. Actually, it was kind of a big artery. <laughs> decided it didn't want to do its thing a year ago and stopped doing it, and I almost died. It's called a heart attack. So the result of this is sickness, weakness, and debilitation when it happens in the natural uh, body. And then when it happens in your natural body, you have to intervene with medicine or therapy. Uh, You go to the doctor. If it becomes serious or spreading, then you have to uh, do something more drastic. You may have to have surgery. You may have to have something cut out, have a tumor removed, or a transplanted organ. My father's kidneys didn't work. And it affected everything in his life and affected our whole family, changed everything. Well, same is true in the spirit. Okay? As members, uh, if one is not joined or knit together properly, it's like a joint out of place. There's something. It, It causes pain and disability. You can't do, we can't do what we are called to do if even just one of us is not aligned properly. And so, you know, I'd love to be able to see a church if we could all just see for a minute our spiritual, the spiritual reality of what we look like. You know, we probably think we're like, cool. You know, but really, if each part representative of you, who knows how this <laughs> Come be a part of us. <laughs> You know, <laughs> 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 you know why? Because parts are out. We need a major chiropractic session, okay? <laughs> we need some surgery. All right. <clears throat> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, and then what happens? You know, if you have a you have a, a, a muscle uh, that's out of a joint that's out of place, or a muscle that's pulled, then other parts have to compensate and often the, the rest of your body becomes strained or injured, compensating for the, the weak part. Now, not supplying or effectively working is like spiritual sickness or a disability, okay? So maybe you're here, maybe you're sitting in the right place, but you're not, you're not giving either financially or in other ways what God has called you to give. And there's something, something to hold back. You know, if my pancreas, if your pancreas doesn't supply enough insulin... Every cell in your body is weakened because of it. And you can die. Right? 
just because it's not doing that one little part of its function. But what a big part that is. That's, called, that's the disease called diabetes. Uh, <clears throat> if you, as part of New Day, do not contribute your share and effectively work, then the whole church suffers in some way. Now, maybe you don't realize how it's suffering because you've never done your share. You don't see the impact you're having. But I'm telling you, I see the big picture. And I see, man, we're really weak in this area. And there's nothing I personally or the, the people who get paid money to work here part-time can, uh, can do to fix it because we just need helpers. And there's helpers. There's plenty of enough people to do everything we need in this church to make it prosper and grow. Uh, uh, and, and, and it's actually, you know, I struggle with the idea of <clears throat> talking about serving in church in a way that communicates, well, this is actually for your benefit. There's, a, there's, a, there's kind of a weird dynamic. Okay? So if I say serving in church is for your benefit, one, it sounds like a sales pitch. All right? Uh, and two, it sounds like the motivation is, is selfish. And so you, go, you don't want to do that. But if I say, you know, you need to serve because it's just your duty and God requires of it and it's obedience... And that's true too, but then it just sounds like, you know, it's a responsibility, a weight that's that's laid on you, and it's not a lot of fun, a lot of vision. The thing is, is that the Bible and God actually present serving in church as if this is for your benefit. Okay, it's like giving. God said, "Test me in this, and let me prove that I'll open up heaven." The actual benefit, the biblical way to preach this is, listen, this is for your good. You're going to benefit from this as well as the whole church. So it's not a selfish motivation. It's actually biblical. Because the stronger you are, the healthier you are, the happier you are, okay, that means that the church is going to be healthier and happier and more effective in reaching the lost and bringing glory to Christ. Does that make sense? So it's really important we understand that. So when every individual is joined and working together, it causes growth of the body, edifying itself uh, in love. You know, this is our goal, is to see this fulfilled literally. Uh, we're going to hand out a handout in just a, a, a second here. Uh, our goal is to see every individual join uh, and knit together. 100% join, knit together, effectively working, causing growth of the body in love. If every adult uh-huh. And, and older teen serves, then we would have far more than enough to fill every need with everyone having at least uh, half of every Sunday just to receive. What I mean by that is that if everybody signed up and just did one thing, that's one ministry on Sunday morning, one service. Okay? You know, we have two services. So really, if you serve in one service, you can come to the other service and just receive. But if we did that, you'd only have to do it every other Sunday. And we almost have enough that you'd only have to do it once every third Sunday. Folks, this is really attainable. It's really attainable. Um, uh, Every member serve. So this is the goal. Every member serve every other Sunday or the equivalent because some some positions are month on month off. So what's the goal? What's the goal? What's the goal from the back row? Okay, every everyone that regularly attends here uh, is plugged into serving. Serve Sunday is about filling all the volunteers. One thing we are changing a little bit this year 
is focusing on Sunday service. Uh, and so it's all of the different needs to make Sunday morning happen. Um, uh, Sunday's our primary service. It's the most likely time when people that are new will, will come and, and experience uh, the church. It's the main service of the church. It's, it steers the congregation, and, and the church is Jesus' strategy to communicate the gospel to the world. And without Sunday service, the rest of New Day's functions would very quickly cease to exist. So it's really time for all hands on deck. Tori's going to uh, explain this handout real quickly. Go ahead and hand them out. All right. So, oh, hello. This is pretty simple. Um, this handout, in the past what we've done is we've had like a bunch of tables with separated information about different teams and I realized that putting it all together really communicates that this is what it takes to make Sundays happen. This is the body. So um, there's three things in this packet. Uh, there's the description of all of the Sunday morning teams. There's other serve opportunities, which are teams that don't serve on Sundays. So after we have Sunday mornings filled, we need those things filled as well. Um, and then there's also a frequently asked questions page on the end. So if just, you look through this, it, it outlines the, the name of the ministry, the leader, um, when the training or what training is required. And it also, we've figured out that new this year, um, we've got it all put together, what we need, the minimum team size we need to do this really effectively. And then also we have an optimal team size. So like, all right, we've got our minimum. What can we do to make this just the most excellent it can be? We need that many people serving. So the way that this is going to work um, is we're going to, you guys can look over this over the week, pray about it, ask God what he would have you do. And then the next three Sundays we're going to be having sign-ups in the back of the family room. That's going to look a little different, which you'll see next week. Uh, so, yeah. Is that pretty straightforward? Yeah. And uh, one thing that uh, we are asking, and actually this is just this is what we're... If you're part of this church, whether you're a member or a regular attendant, that means you come regularly, um, that you're going to be... You're going you're gonna to want... That means being plugged in in some way. And so everyone's going to be given a, a card that you can then attach to where you want to serve. And we'll explain this more fully next in, in the next couple of weeks and if you don't then we will assume that that means that you're saying hey just plug me in wherever you need me i'm really serious because i'm that kind of a guy i am i'm like hey i don't care where i serve where do you need me most if that that's the kind of that i mean remember the disciples Arguing about who's going to sit in the highest place? What did Jesus say? say who's ever willing to serve the best? Right? That's just, I'm coming to serve. Don't, don't worry about who gets the highest chair. Say, so, hey, wherever you need me, that's where you're going. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, we will just plug you in wherever you need. And, and so, so we're going to give you the opportunity first to sign up uh, because that's what it means. And if, if you're not participating in church in that level, then, then you're, you're missing out, and we don't want you to miss out. So Bill has some announcements. <laughs> All right. Hello. I'm back. Good to see you guys. <laughs> so um, in a minute, we're going to take an offering. You have some opportunities in the offering. One is the connection card. It's in the seat pocket in front of you. If you have prayer requests you want to submit to our prayer team, if you want to respond to the message in some way or contact 
the admin staff, the care team, if you have a special need for you or someone in the family or a friend that you know about, you can do all of that with the connection card and drop it in the offering. And if you're new with us at New Day, uh, we just ask that you would take the connection card, fill it out, and go to the counter in the back called the connection counter. We have a gift to give you to say thanks for coming, and hopefully you will enjoy that very much. Um, yeah, so... Um, one more thing before the offering is this. The, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the youth group is going on a missions trip to Baltimore. Woo-woo. <laughs> and uh, so all the, all the money that they needed came in. They are leaving this week. So as we, All the money came in. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Say that again. What was the? $4,000 in the last week to finish them off. So that's awesome. Um, So we're going to pray for them. Maybe if you're going on that trip, would you just stand up? We're going to pray for you and pray for our offering. And then we have a chance to see some of the folks who are going. So let's do that. Lord, we thank you for the youth at New Day, these young people who are willing to go to a different city, spend part of their summer sharing your love with people, God, in whatever way they can, Lord. We thank you that the money is raised, that they can move on to the next challenge, which is going with you and working together as a team in Baltimore, Lord. We pray that their travel would be blessed, that their time there would be blessed, that they would grow in relationship with you, with each other, and most importantly, that they would lift you up and that people would be drawn to you. And Lord, we also bless this offering we're going to receive in each family and and person who gives, Lord. Uh, We give as an act of worship, trusting that you're good and that you provide for us, God. And we just thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated, Baltimore people. Thank you very much for standing. Um, So as the offering baskets are passed, the ushers are coming and doing that. Um, We have some information for you on Jesus Loves Kalamazoo from Kathy Spaulding. Would you welcome her? Okay, um, this is so exciting. Jesus Loves Kalamazoo is amazing. It is um, an event that started um, five years ago with a church who decided they were just going to go out every day and and tell people that Jesus loved them in the community. And um, last year, we had I think there was 18 churches involved, and this year there's over 50. So um, that is really exciting. Um, one of the things that I really feel like God was kind of saying is, that it's a cautionary thing because people go, oh, well, there's 50 churches. So, you know, that means there's lots of people going. And um, one of the things that I've heard Cameron say over the years lots of times was there's 250,000 people in Kalamazoo. Now, 50 churches, 100 people. If 100 people from 50 churches showed up every night for four nights, we would only reach 20,000 people. There's 250,000. And, and when I say reach, they're going to do this event, and what happens is you show up, and they're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs grilling, and they're going to ask people, the biggest need is for people to go out into the street and walk along and say, okay, God, who would you like me to tell your story to? Who would you like me to tell my story to? And have an encounter, an actual one-on-one, you know what? Jesus loves you, and he sent me here to talk to you. And if you only talk to one person, that would be amazing. But you get an opportunity to talk to several, or maybe only one, but we still would only reach about twenty to 30,000 if everyone showed up. So I'm telling you that all of you have to show up. (laughs) 
I would like all of you to show up every night. I realize that's not feasible, but this is our an opportunity. This is our mission trip. This is Kalamazoo. This is our heart. And um, this week, God just showed me um, John 4, and I'm just going to read it real quick. I could preach an entire sermon on this, but John 4, 36, 34. Jesus said to them, he had just got done talking to the Samaritan woman, and um, they were worried about him eating. And he says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. That's that's for this. God is saying this is to do the will of the Father. The Father wants to see people brought home. And when you do that, you're eating Jesus said, I talked to the Samaritan woman, and he got fed. When you go out and talk to people, you're getting fed. And you didn't, get to, you didn't have to sow. Now, maybe this week you would go out and sow. But when we were praying in Breakthrough Prayer, what we saw was God's glory just coming down. Boom! The enemy leaving, and we get to go pick it up. Just go out and just like, here's one and here's one. And, and the time is now. The, the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. But you guys, we have a call and it is amazing. So um, I didn't get the details. If you want more details, you come talk to me. But this is the week. This is the time. This is the time for Kalamazoo. 50 churches putting down their theologies and their stuff to come together and say, we just want to do what Jesus said to do. I think she's excited about that. And so it starts today, today at five o'clock at the Arcadia Festival site, right downtown, that big uh, uh, thing, pavilion, uh, downtown where they do the festivals. And there's a worship service where we have a couple of our worship team, Carrie and, and Peter, are part of the worship. And I've been told that this is like the A team of Kalamazoo, like the best musicians of all the churches uh, are on this team. So it's going to be like rocking worship at five and um, five to seven. And we're going to be doing some prayer. You can actually show up at three thirty and they'll, they'll be doing a cookout down there if you want to. Uh, and then each night, um, the cookout today is at the Cardiac Festival site where you can go join. And then, then there's a service afterwards. And then each night during the work week, there are grill outs at different locations. If it rains today, the service will be at 10 o'clock. Right. If, it, if it's thunderstorming, you know, if it's raining bad, they're going to have the service at 5 at center point. So, all right. So this is our opportunity to be the Church of Kalamazoo. Uh, and we have a prayer team available on this side of the stage to minister. If you have any needs whatsoever, if you've never made that commitment to the Lord Jesus, they can lead you in a prayer where you know for certain that uh, your relationship with him is right.